Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of the show. So firstly, I just want to begin by saying this is a very, very sensitive subject. And if anyone finds speaking about this difficult, then I do have to warn you prior to starting this episode. Now, conscious of not making it a doom and gloomy episode, despite the horrific events that have gone on, we have taken a little bit of a spin on it. And rather than speak about the stuff that Hannah has so bravely spoken about to the papers already, we look at more of the things that she's doing today. Because Hannah's an incredible soul. She's somebody who's been through an unbelievable amount of adversity, as you can see from the title, as you probably know from her story already. She was horrifically raped by an individual when three men abducted her while she was traveling. And... I mean, I said it before the show started, I didn't have the words or I wasn't confident in myself of saying the right stuff during this interview. And I actually mentioned this to Hannah prior to the show starting, but we both have the same goal and both our goals and both our visions and dreams is to help people out there find their voice. So I also felt it would be an injustice if I never took on this story and shared it with the world because Hannah, for one, is somebody who doesn't want people who have gone through the same situation as her to suffer for the rest of their lives and be a victim forever. And again, the premise of this show is to help people find their voice, find their way, find whatever it is that sparks them in life and move forward, irrespective of the cards that you're dealt with in life. So I think without further ado, I'm going to jump straight into this one. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Hannah. She's an incredible person. She's now doing amazing things, working with entrepreneurs. You probably noticed by the name as well. Her mom was on last week as well. And she, again, is a fantastic individual. I'd certainly recommend if you haven't checked that episode out, please do go back and check that one out as well. And I think you'll realize then there's something special about these power ladies. So uh, without further ado, let's get straight into this. Okay, welcome to the show. And firstly, I just want to say thank you to the guests for tuning in today. And more importantly, our wonderful guest, Hannah Power, who has agreed to come on and share her story. So Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really eager to sort of get this going. So for the purpose of the listeners who are here today, could you please just tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your story, and I suppose what brings you to where you are right now? Sure. So um, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to be here. You're very welcome. So where to start? So I am 26. I graduated from university with a law degree in 2014 and started working in a a big corporate consultancy called Accenture. And um, six months into working at Accenture, I, um, I went on holiday to uh, visit some friends in France uh, who were on a ski season and while I was over there I was raped by um, well three men picked me up in the car and one of the men raped me and they dropped me back off uh, back in the town after and 
the reason that that story is important to where I am now and the reason that I start with it is because um, I had, you know, I've had a very fortunate upbringing from a lovely family and had a very sort of traditional, I guess, middle class journey through school to college, through uni and then into a graduate job. And I was sort of following a relatively um, similar path to all of my, you know, all of my friends and my colleagues and peers and stuff. And then um, this huge spanner got thrown in the works of my entire life being completely turned upside down and and entering a world which is completely new to me and was which was completely new to me and completely um, awful and, you know, com- confusion and complete loneliness. And it really, you know, it, it, it changed the course of my life because obviously it wasn't something which I was that I knew how to deal with and it and it pushed me off a path into you know a really big struggle and trying to understand really you know the world and why bad things happen because once you've seen the awful side of the world it's so hard to you know to unsee it um and I was happy in my job but it wasn't really doing it for me I wasn't fulfilled and I was living in London and I was doing the whole commuting thing and it just you know on the tube it just wasn't doing it for me so around the time of sort of struggling with, you know, the healing and trying to get through it all, I was also struggling with, you know, alcohol um, and and struggling with lack of fulfillment at work. I decided to, you know, quit everything and move to Bali. And I moved to Bali at the beginning of last year, uh, 2018. And um, I kind of went on this year of, I guess, discovery in every single aspect of it, of life, of business, of healing of spirituality of everything to basically recover from what had happened to me and to work out you know what my purpose was in this world and what impact and you know what what am I going to do with the rest of my life and you know now I feel grateful for what happened to me for giving me that that sort of um accelerant into where I am now and um yeah it's been a huge journey but now I'm focused on supporting others who've been through something similar and supporting people more generally to find fulfillment in their lives and not settle for less and settle for a rubbish life, but to go after a life that they really love and are proud of and are excited about. I think that's amazing. I think just before we touch on that last bit there, which is incredible, and that's kind of the, I suppose the most I know about you. So I've checked out your website and stuff, and it's not just limited to people who have suffered uh, in a similar situation to yourself. You've almost found this purpose where you just want to help as many people as possible. But obviously, just before I go into that, I don't want to kind of leave it as the elephant in the room. And I spoke prior to us speaking about this, that it is a difficult topic because I don't come from a counselling background, nor do I want this episode to be some level of counselling. But it, <laughs> I think anyone listening to this is going to fill in with a mixed level of emotions I mean for me myself it makes me sad I, I feel embarrassed on behalf of the male population I think you know there's there's a level of anger how one human three humans sorry could do that to another human I, I mean I just find how people can just justify their actions by hurting other people it, it really does it touches a nerve to be completely honest with you and that's probably why I was nervous before this show but I'm just I suppose, I mean, in the very short amount of time that we've had this conversation, obviously we spoke previously, I've learned so much, I suppose, about myself in terms of my own personal development and trying to change my own perception because what you've just done and how you've just explained your journey and how you've seen this darkness and you've almost found it as you're actually grateful for it now, 
I mm. think that I think that's remarkable, and I think in a very short short amount of time, as I said, I've just knowing you, I'm very very proud of you for that. I'm I'm grateful that I'm able to have met someone like that because it teaches me so much, and I'm sure it's going to teach our listeners as well so much about once you've seen the darkest parts of the world, you're almost now there trying to almost lighten up everything around you, and I think I think that's beautiful and. I want to take it actually into that beautiful space if that's okay with you rather than dwell on that situation which Absolutely. has made you the person you are today so you're now in Bali which from Instagram no, I'm back in the UK now oh you're back in UK okay yeah. so you've kind of found yourself now you've had this year of discovery this healing this purpose can we just touch on what exactly you offer to is it your clients you class them as yeah clients yeah yeah so um I, I've always come from a sort of a digital technology and marketing background and I've always been very, I've always worked really a lot in personal branding. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting yourself known online in a, you know, as a leader or as somebody who's known for something, I think it's come from my parents have always worked in the internet and, um, you know, they were one of the, the, the first people into this whole world. And what I, what I realized, um, by moving to Bali and and sort of building this life that I love was that the reason I'd been able to do all of these things was because of the fact that I'd invested and grown my personal brand. Um, So when I moved out to Bali, it wasn't that difficult for me to get work and my first, you know, my first remote job. And then for me to then start a business, which was an agency and fill it with clients because I had invested the time in creating content and being known online as being somebody who knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So by having this personal brand, I thought I realized that, oh, my God, this actually gives you a huge amount of opportunity. Then after that side of things, when I decided this year to to, um, you know, go public with my story and to try to create an impact and help other people again, because of the power of the Internet and because I built this following and had a sort of personality online, mm-hmm. I then was able to have an enormous impact on others. So I decided, you know, I I think that, you know, building a personal brand of being known online is an, an integral thing to do if you want to, you know, live a life which fulfills you and have a positive impact on the world. So I, you know, this is what I do for my clients now. I help them to really define their message and build their their brand online um, to establish them as leaders in their field, um, you know, and prepare them for having an impact, If you know, prepare them to have an impact. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I do and um I think it's difficult working in personal branding because there's a lot of in in overlap with you know this sort of the negative connotations that come with being an, an influencer but what I do is not about you know it's not about the influencer side of things of you know when people come out of these reality tv shows or anything like that it's about somebody saying look this is me this is what I'm really good at mm. this is what I can you know, this is what I love to do. And, and this is how I can support other people through it and, and helping those people to become leaders online. Because I think the opportunities that open up from open doors from doing that are huge and literally never ending. So that's why I do what I do. And I work with my clients on a one to one basis. And at the moment, I'm going to start building a group program um, to support people on that journey. That's fantastic. I'll have to get the details for that and I'll put it in the show notes afterwards for anyone who's listening who would love to reach out to you. And I think just on the personal branding, so it's something that I'm trying to, I'm more conscious of, I suppose, and I'm trying to build my own and I'm sure many listeners are as well. But you also have an advantage of having the most fantastic surname ever uh, yourself. (laughs) So I I think that certainly helps. But um, I just wanted to touch on something there. So 
try and word this the right way. So obviously you have a personal brand now, you're Hannah Power and you help people find their way, become leaders online. Do you ever think, or do you, just trying to think of the right words, are you against being known as the girl who got raped or is that just part and parcel of the of the story and something that you're happy to be accepted for however you have so much more to give to the world? Um, I think that... I think the reason I'm public about being raped is because of the fact that it's such a secret crime mm. that it causes a lot more harm by keeping things a secret than it does by talking about them. That's true in every form of mental illness or anything really that happens. We all know that secrets aren't really a positive. Absolutely. So, the reason that I am open about what happened to me is because I'm not ashamed of it. It wasn't my doing, of course. but it's a part of who I am. So it's a part of my story and it's a part of me. So that I don't want to A, keep it a secret because it is a part of me. But secondly, I want to inspire others. Unfortunately, with rape, there are a lot of people that are raped in their lifetime. And it and it's it's huge. Um, it's like it's a secret epidemic that's going on. I mean, since I've shared my story, the amount of people that have reached out to me, some of them that I actually even know quite well, who've been wow. through something similar, is actually unbelievable. I mean, I've got friends, close friends, male friends, whose girlfriends have told me they've been raped, but they haven't even told their boyfriends yet. Because it's such a misunderstood and confusing messed up crime that people don't know how to deal with it so by me talking about it and being open about it I just want to break the secret if there's if the, if the secret can go we can talk about it we can deal with it we don't have to be ashamed of what happened to us when it's not something we caused if I punched you in the face would you think it was your fault no you would but with Ray for some reason because of the fact that we're not able to cope with it and deal with it in society we feel that it's on us so do I want to be known as the girl that was raped? No, I would like to be known as more than that. But is it an important part of my story? And am I proud to be somebody who has got through that and wants to inspire others? Absolutely. Because once you've got through something like that, there are very few challenges that the world can throw at you that you aren't able to handle. And for me, that's an incredible power and strength in every challenge I take on in my life, whether it's a new business or whatever it might be. I am completely in complete confidence that I can do it because I always can say to myself, well, Hannah, you've done worse. Mm, I love that. I just think, um, like you just said, you should be very, very proud of that, having overcome that. And I think you should be even more proud that now you've, your sole purpose in life is almost to help other people. And I think you'll do incredible things. And I think sometimes a lot of us in life, we kind of go through life almost not knowing what we're actually put on this earth for. And um, that's kind of how I've always seen myself. So I was always an academic at school and I was always kind of being pushed from normal school to, to grammar schools, to universities. And, and, it, and I always felt like this isn't me. Like there has to be something else. And we touched on it briefly before this episode, how it took a massive 18 months of adversity in my life to really completely change me. And sometimes I always say I don't want any of my listeners to go through any adversity no. for their for their life to change but sometimes it's necessary it is I think the people that have been through pain if they can use if you can use it properly and you can do the work I think yeah. it's it opens opens you up to to finding your meaning but of course you wouldn't wish it on anybody else but some of the happiest people I know have actually been through the worst absolutely and some of the least happy people I know who struggle with anxiety and day-to-day -day issues have actually had a real smooth ride Mm. Um, and it can take a big knock 
to to push you onto the right path and that's why I feel so fortunate to have had that happen to me at a young enough age to be able to go to know that every day I wake up that you know I I'm I'm I know exactly that I am where I'm supposed to be and have huge faith and excitement for my future absolutely I love it I'm actually just really happy that you're in such a great place now as well as I'm sure you and all your family and friends are as well and and you hit the nail on the head there I think when people go through pain or adversity in life, they've almost reached a level of darkness where you can't see any light, especially in that moment. And I think when you kind of crawl out of that hole or however you want to imagine that, then any sort of light almost brings you gratitude and happiness uh, and fulfillment. And I'm kind of like that. So the smallest things I will be grateful for on a daily basis and uh, hearing stories like, like yourself and, from other guests it really does put things into perspective of how fortunate we all are and how limited our time is so it's amazing that there's people like you now out there who are just really trying to help other people find that purpose as well so I think that's fantastic and and thank you again for sharing that so what I want to know now is could you tell us a little bit about your routines your lifestyle today in terms of how you manage to maintain this almost um solid mindset and how you manage to keep persevering through life have you got any daily habits rituals yeah meditation practices yeah that's a really good question actually because um uh yeah I mean I first got into kind of healthy like I guess living when I was 22 in terms Mm -hmm. of being you know really disciplined with my diet and exercise I um have got a um an ovary condition which caused me to gain weight really quickly. So I have to be really diligent with my exercise and my food. Or else I, you know, I put on weight quite quickly and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I've always, since being 22, I've always been very conscious of the fact that if I put bad things into my body, then I feel rubbish. So I know that if I eat like a load of chocolate or something, it's not going to make me feel good. Um, so from a, like a diet and exercise point of view, I guess I'm that sort of part. That's the sort of natural habit I already have um Mm -hmm. so I don't require the discipline of that anymore but I would say you know to get to a habit stage you have to start with discipline and I think some of the things which I sort of had to be disciplined with in Bali were definitely things around um yoga and meditation and almost just generally taking time to breathe Mm -hmm. and just to step back so I would say that um in terms of a daily practice I um I don't meditate every day. I really want to get to a point that I do. What I do do every day, um, morning and evening, is um, I light a little candle and I do, um, which is in front of a sort of, it's not a Buddha, it's like a sort of a yogi um, figure thing. And I do sort of um, give gratitude to the universe and, and say, you know, I give you know I I'm on a path and I and I trust you to lead me on it so I guess some people would call that a prayer I don't I don't mind I I just call it sort of a moment of gratitude to the universe and I do that every morning and evening um so I say that's a daily routine um I definitely plan to be much more disciplined with my yoga and meditation every day the other thing which I would say that has had a humongous impact in fact probably one of the biggest decisions and life-changing decisions I've made so far mm-hmm. is um, quitting drinking alcohol in July last year. Um, so I would say that without a shadow of a doubt, that is one of the biggest enablers of the reason that I am happy, positive, achieving everything I want to be achieving, supporting people who I want to support, and just generally my sort of balanced mood. I don't really get you know, I don't get those low anxious moments really anymore. I don't, um, 
I had the Mike was diagnosed with PTSD soon after the rape. And I would say that the probably the biggest thing for me in terms of when you've asked about sort of daily habits and sort mm. of lifestyle stuff for me, the biggest thing for me is, is the non the no alcohol. Mm. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So um, I think the moment of gratitude thing that you do is, is beautiful. I, mm. I don't do it uh, twice. I should probably do it twice. I think I do always try and stay present. So the yoga thing, again, that's always a trait that, or the meditation bit is always a trait of successful people. So I yeah. think that's really useful. The alcohol ones, it's an interesting one because like yourself, I get almost after, say for instance, a heavy night of drinking, uh, going out on a social the next day, I have this really weird feeling of almost like anxiety or regret or just feeling mm. absolutely depressed. I think you go from one extreme of a high almost to such a low. Absolutely. And then I, I have these thoughts that for the next 24 hours, I'm really not the kind of person that I want to be perceived as. So alcohol is something that I'm trying to my, myself personally knock on the head. Obviously, I know the health benefits of it. I'm not a drinker in terms of I drink every single week. But I fully understand that because I was going to ask you a question in relation to was the alcohol linked because you started drinking post rape or uh, I would say that when I when I first ever started drinking at parties I don't know when you're what like 14 15 I was mm-hmm. never particularly good at kind of managing my alcohol in terms of I was kind of a go hard or go home type right. person which I think a lot of people are mm. um I think I was a bit insecure when I was young and I think I used alcohol as a kind of confidence booster at parties and things like that yeah. um when I after the um after I was raped I think I think the thing is because your mind my mind was just in this whole crazy world it wasn't even like it was my mind anymore it was I'd become somebody else and the alcohol being in that sort of drunk state almost gave me a connection to who I used to be and I know it sounds really weird to to say it like that but it was almost a freedom I got to leave the mind of this girl who'd been raped who was in pain who was struggling who was lost and move into being somebody else and I think it did give me just like you said it gave me higher highs because it gave me a break and then it gave me very low lows but actually those low lows are when often when you know you start to do the work so I would say actually although I would say I was probably abusing alcohol I actually wouldn't take it back again because I think it helped me to um, kind of deal with it the reason I ended up putting a hard stop to it was I ended up having an accident while I was in Bali and breaking my shoulder and I ended up in hospital for six days and um I then ended up for another week after that dealing with the sort of side effects of being on a really strong um uh like a morphine type pill which they sort of give you willy-nilly when you're in a kind of developing country Mm -hmm. and I I I, it took me a while to return to being normal again because of the, the the accident the alcohol and then this drug and um what's it called oxycodone and um after that I basically thought do you know what not only am I um potentially going to really harm myself if I carry on drinking but actually if I keep losing these days out days of my life, I mean, this was two weeks, but if you're losing, I was losing maybe one or two days of productivity a week to, to being, uh, to being tired or being anxious or being hungover. Actually, I'm not going to be able to achieve everything that I want to and know I can in my life. I'm actually not going to be able to do that. I don't have enough time to waste on this poison. There's no spare time to waste a day being hungover and the day after that 
being anxious and the day after that getting back on track. I haven't got the time in my life. So I decided that actually I loved myself and I was more excited for my life more than I than I needed the alcohol. So um, I made a decision that I was going to stop and I listened to an incredible book by a guy called Alan Carr, who's this 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 um, addiction guru. Mm-hmm. And I read it. It's a six and a half hour audio book. I did it in a day, the day before my birthday. And I woke up on my birthday as a non-drinker and I have never, ever touched a drop, drop or wanted to since. That's incredible. Could you tell us the name of that book? Yeah, it's by, um, his name's Alan Carr. And the book's The Easy Way to Stop Drinking. He's got a load of books. You know, he's got a smoking book and a sugar book and a gambling book. But the drinking one for me was the one that, I was always really worried that I would feel a sense of, you know, you know, loss that I was missing out on things and that I would always desire it. And what Alan Carr's book does is it sort of it removes the desire. So you no longer want it. It would be like me saying to you at, um, you know, 10 o'clock at night, would you like a really strong cup of coffee? You know, you just wouldn't want it. You would just say, no, that's what I want right now. And, and that's, you know, I know that it would make me not sleep and it's, you know, whatever um to me it just immediately removed the desire I mean I went from being a a pretty big drinker to literally even the smell of like a beer made me feel like a bit sick literally after reading this book and for me um I never want to I never preach to people you know when they say I say like a lot everyone drinks around me I'm not like I'm not like telling people not to drink but if people say to me Hannah what's you know how can I achieve what I want to in my life and start my own business or whatever I say, well, the first thing you need to do is, is drink less because you know, everyone knows that it, it doesn't do anything positive to their lifestyle and their goals. Absolutely. I, I think, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And there was something you mentioned in terms of insecurity and anxiety. And that's probably one of the reasons I think I first started drinking as well as a teenager, having been shy and anxious, it was kind of the only way to get on the dance floor or the only way to Absolutely. feel confident around other people. So, uh, Absolutely. And it's conditioned into it. I mean, if we just yeah. if we didn't have alcohol and we were just forced to push through those those embarrassing, awkward moments when you're sort of, you know, you're, you're spotty or whatever and you're because <laughs> you're 15, 16 and you're kind of, you know, you're not you sort of fancy people and they don't fancy and all that stuff that happens to us when we're young. If we just had to push through it like we did when we were kids. But what happens is you get told by somebody usually older than you that there's this magic potion that takes it all away. (laughs) And then for the rest of our lives, we associate whenever something goes wrong with the magic potion, when actually the magic potion tends to be causing a lot of the stuff that put us there in the first place. So um, my dad got cancer last year and he stopped drinking as well. And neither of us drink now. And he would say the same. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's just he's so much happier and better because of it. And um yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, I'd never preach it, but for me, it is definitely one of the biggest things that I would possibly, I would ever attribute any success in terms of, you know, financial or just general mm. inner core happiness. Is that? That's a fair point. I think just before I, I carry on, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your dad as well in relation to the cancer. I hope everything's fine. Yeah, um, yeah, he's all good. Yeah, with him. Just quickly then, so not to make this about an alcohol podcast episode, but um, have you managed to change your circle? Or are you still able to associate yourself? having read this book in the same kind of circle that you were in previously? Do you know what? It's so funny because um, I thought that everyone was going to be really freaked out by it, you know, and be like, oh my Mm. God, you're so boring or whatever. Um, I was so shocked by the reaction. A, most people are like, oh my God, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. (laughs) Wow. And B, 
the other thing I realize is that when I hang out with my friends and, and things like that and family, they actually like seeing me because they know that they don't need to drink when they're with me. So that means that they're not going to be hung over the next day or um, they're going to feel healthier. So I think coming to see me is like or spending time with me. It's like almost a break from the pressures of drinking when actually a lot of people don't actually want to drink as much as they do. It's a lot of it's just because of routine and habit and the people that they're with. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of like non-alcoholic alternatives. So I've got non-alcoholic red wine and Prosecco and beers and gins and things like that. So if I hang out with a friend, you know, often I'll be with even a boy who mm. when he's with mates, he'll be having a beer. When he's with me, he's very happy to have like a non-alcoholic Peroni and just tells me how much he likes it. <laughs> wow. And um, so I actually say that I'm totally within the same circles. I would say that about 11 o'clock at night when people are getting really drunk, I tend to want to head off just because... Um, I like to wake up early and, and go to the gym or, or read or whatever. I'm quite an early riser. So I don't really see the point in staying out late. So I don't see out as late as I did. But um, and partly because also being around drunk people when they've been drinking for a few hours becomes a little bit boring because they start to repeat themselves. <laughs> and they tell you all their secrets. They don't really want you to know and they're messy. And um, so, I yeah, I mean, my circle has stayed completely the same. Um, and. I don't know, maybe people do have a problem with it, but I've never, I actually found it a lot easier. I thought I was going to have to really prepare people for it. It seems to be that everyone's just fascinated by it and kind of wants to do it, but it's just sort of like doesn't think that they can. Um, I think I've sort of become, you know, amongst some of the people I know, this kind of weird enigma. They're kind of like, well, one minute Hannah was one of us and then she moved to Bali and now she's doing all this stuff and now she talks about praying and she doesn't drink alcohol and I think she's kind of, she, I don't know. I think people just sort of think, well, I don't know. She seems really happy. So maybe we should be doing all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so no, I haven't had to change my circles to, to sum up. That's brilliant. So you, you've managed to keep your circle and still hang out. And I, th- I agree completely as well with the whole 11 o'clock thing. I think we're both early risers and I, yeah. and I tend to find that this is why I think a lot of people struggle with Mondays. So you hear the whole world moaning that they've got to go to work on Monday. Yes, it's probably the fact they're in a job that they don't like. But I think another thing is Friday, Saturday, Sunday, their sleep patterns are completely yeah. messed up. And what's happening is they're almost in a jet lag kind of phase. So uh, along with obviously limiting alcohol and health and stuff, I always say sleep should be like a massive, massive priority as well. So uh, Absolutely. I mean, I have to sleep like a lot. Like I've <laughs> I like I'm like a baby like I have to sleep a hell of a lot uh, I was reading my friend shared an article the other day that apparently they're now proving that the kind of hustle the kind of hustle mentality is being replaced by being like the most successful people actually rest a lot which made me really happy because I like I normally need eight hours of sleep and then like a half an hour nap in the afternoon because I wake up so early I start working at about seven in the morning or sometimes yeah about seven um so my brain's been pretty and my brain gets quite tired by about three o'clock in the afternoon. I have to have like a little 20 minute cat nap. Um, so I, I, it's cool that sleeping in business, it's actually cool to rest now rather than like hustling your way through to 11 o'clock at night every night. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Just on that, Hannah, as well, there's a book called um, Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. I'll send you a link to it afterwards. It's on Audible. And uh, he's actually done a lot of extensive research into sleeping, hence why I now have blackout blinds. I make sure I try and sleep at exactly the same time. I turn off my phone 30 to 40 minutes before going into bed. Yeah, have a look. Honestly, it's it's a fantastic book and it really does open your eyes because 
there's links actually between your productivity of being drunk and being sleep deprived and it's almost the same really yeah so in an office space you're probably seeing people who have not drank the night before but not slept properly you're probably not as productive as somebody who comes in Mm -hmm. absolutely hungover so Uh, i think it being in bali because bali um the light the sun comes up at five and it goes down at about half past six so the whole day is almost start two hours before it does in the uk so not bali like where i was living is quite buzzing at about 7 a.m and then by about like 9 30 10 o'clock like it's pretty quiet apart from like the holiday makers so i think i just really got into this way of living because we in bali everyone was sort of living around the sun because people surf early in the morning because it's better waves um so yeah i mean i think it really works um and it means yeah yeah it's really i mean it is totally crucial sleeping is crucial um no, I think it's great. I think you've obviously not just developed your mind now, you started to look at even physically as well. It's going to obviously benefit you. Yeah, I think aware, getting awareness and self-awareness is almost addictive though, isn't it? Like It certainly is, yeah. Because I know that I can fix something if it and make, I can constantly improve myself. Like if I notice something, I'm like, oh, hey, what's that? Right, let's dig into that. Let's get that worked out. Like what do I need to do there? Um, like I was actually looking at it earlier and... Um, I, I always find around the 25th of the month is when I get quite like I saw I, that's when I need really to have more time off and then when I'm in the kind of early stages of the month like the first to the seventh I'm in total like knowledge mode I just want to consume content and then I'm then I'm quite creative in the middle of the month so I'm always just getting more and more awareness around myself so that I can you know so that I can do the be in flow as much as possible um so I guess it's just that awareness, yeah, is addictive. So I guess sleep is just falls under that bracket, doesn't it? Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay, so another question I, I wanted to ask you, and I, hopefully, again, this, this gives the listeners a lot of value because um, other than your routine and how you're practicing your daily life now, which is going to obviously give them great value, going back to the adversity and not to jump into it too much in relation to that horrible event that happened to you in France, what one lesson would you tell our audience? Um, I think for me, it's the importance of having faith in the universe. Um, I really, I've never been a religious person. um, And I've never, I also, you know, I, I haven't classed myself as a spiritual person. But from reading everything that I have read and watching everything I've watched from business, you know, businessy, really hardcore business books by like people like Grant Cardone to really kind of hippie woo woo universe books by people like Gabby Bernstein. The biggest thing that underlies for me, that's underlying these, these books of people that are successful and happy is that they just have faith that everything will work out and it's happening the way that it's meant to happen and that we're all on a path and as long as we you know we 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 fulfill the the things that we should be fulfilling that really you just have faith in what's coming towards you um you can't you can't prepare for the the things that happen you can't um prevent them from happening but as long as you always keep faith that the that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that there is that things happen the way they're meant to happen. I think you can get through pretty much anything. Um, So I think, yeah, that would be my, my number one lesson. And I would say a really big turning point for me. um, It sounds a bit nuts actually, but I basically towards the end of last year got really obsessed with watching films about world war two. I don't, I don't know why. I just think I just, that atrocity just, 
I was just fascinated by it, I think, and the strength of everyone who came through it. And I watched that film, The Pianist. Have you seen it? I've not seen that. My life was totally changed by that film. And it's because there is this man who loses his entire family, his all his friends, everything he knows, his home and everything like that. And yet he is still fighting to survive throughout that whole film. Okay, I haven't given it away because that happens right, like really early. <laughs> okay. He's still fighting to survive because he has faith in whatever, whatever there, whatever it is that he is fighting for exists. So we all, because survival is the strongest human instinct and that is faith. That is, that's what makes you want to survive. Faith that there there is a reason to do it. If you didn't have the reason to do it, you wouldn't do it. So for me, what got me through is knowing that, you know, that there was, there there was going to be positives in the future. I was going to get through this. I'd seen people struggle through awful things and come out the other side. So for me, the biggest lesson would be finding faith. If you haven't got it, you need to find it, whatever it might be, whether it's, for me, it's just the universe. I think the way Gabby Bernstein talks about it um, in the way that she, in her, in her books and her teachings is just about having faith in the universe, having faith in something bigger than yourself. And most people do have that. And it's just about then trusting that. Um, and that I think is what gets most people through huge pain and huge challenge. And for me, that was the the biggest thing for me is that faith. And I know that it will carry me through um, the, my entire life is having faith in, in that path and, and the world that's bigger than me. I love it. I think that's a, that's a brilliant answer. And it's actually something that's brought back a memory to myself of actually my first ever episode. So I did an episode with my very, very good friend, Kev Dillon. He was blind from a very young kid in one of his eyes through meningitis. And um, again, he's got a brilliant attitude like yourself. He's, he's all about helping people always a very positive person in his mindset always got faith in things that are always going to be better and um, he he actually said a quote and I mean this this episode was a long time ago but I can actually remember it because he says believe in God or believe in yourself or believe in the universe but just believe in something because if somebody doesn't believe in anything they'll always be lost it was really powerful and it always made sense to me because I suppose I can't, I'm kind of an atheist if I'm completely honest in terms of I don't really necessarily believe a religion or anything like that but I do have a kind of spiritualist side to me where I think there's obviously something out there or at least that's what I believe bigger than myself and you hit the nail on the head there where you said something bigger than you so almost giving faith and a bit of I suppose control to that thing knowing that maybe that's going to get us through it I think that we need that as humans because we're built to survive and we need something some reason I suppose to kind of keep us going well I think you know I think at the end of last year I think I was having I mean I laugh about it because I was I was living with um a big load of people in Bali and I was living with this one guy called Joe Mm -hmm. um who's from the UK and oh my gosh I think about him I think he must think I'm so nuts because I think I was having an existential crisis for the month that he was living in the villa with me and he'd get back from like a day of like I don't know a day of like surfing and co-working and he'd be like how was your day and I'd be like yeah it was good so what do you think the meaning of life is <laughs> um and he'd be because I was just like really trying to understand I was yeah, like yeah. I was just so unwanting to understand why bad things happen I was like I've been through this I would hear more stories. It was almost like I was taking on the whole world's pain. Mm. Even like somebody would talk about like plastic in the ocean. And I was just crying because I was like, the world is so awful. And then it just, I just kept sort of delving into this. And I was watching all these films about the Holocaust. And just, I was just literally like, I was literally like a 
hurting myself with pain because I was so wanting to understand why it exists and and the point of it and the point of life if there is all this pain why do we bother it doesn't make sense to me and then and then they had this light bulb moment with the pianist film and then with um reading a lot of what Gabby Bernstein talks about and a lot of the kind of yogi teachings and stuff from Eckhart Tolle and stuff of this bigger thing and it's it's not something you need to put your finger on understand you just have to know that it's there and we do all know that it's there because whenever I ask someone you know um do you believe that there's you know do you believe in anything and most people say I don't they say I'm not I'm not religious but I do believe that there is something bigger out there in the universe pretty much most people do say that um and I think that you know you don't have to label it as anything you just have to know that it's there and that it and it's taking care of you and once you release your 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 panic and worry about the future and where you need to be and this and that and the past and everything like that, and you accept that your path is your path and you just follow it, um, my God, it's so freeing. I mean, that to me is total freedom. I spent a year trying to find freedom by being in Bali. You know, what is freedom? Is it is it about being location free? Is it about being financially free? Is it about being time free? I think it's just about being free from the crap that's in your head and just going, well, it's going to work out eventually. You know, it always does. Um, and that and that is what the journey is of life. And I think the second you can enjoy that and embrace it, you're going to enjoy your life and find that freedom. That's brilliant. I think freeing yourself from the crap in your head is uh, what I want to do, to be honest. And I'm sure people listening to this can obviously relate to that because that is what it's all about and you said some stuff there that I'm I was almost nodding in agreement because I'm like oh my god that's me so the whole why do bad things happen uh, and trying to understand why they're happening it almost consumes you so we touched on it before this I was like I'm, I'm an emotional person and I find myself that's why I don't even watch the news or listen to stories because I'm like I'll just be sitting there crying all day almost Absolutely. like using all that's my energy what I decided to do to myself I for some reason it was it was a while I was doing this myself probably about three months I literally just watched anything I could that I knew was going to make me cry and hate the world because I just needed to understand it otherwise I didn't see the point I was like what is the point there has to be a point and then I watched the pianist and I was like well, there is definitely a point because he survived when he had basically, in my opinion, nothing to live for, yet he still survived, which means that whatever kept him alive exists because it literally defies the point, the reason, it, it defies everything, in my opinion, the reason he to survive because it doesn't make any sense. Um, anyway, it, it was basically, I'm basically talking about my existential crisis, which I had at the end of last year. And I read books, I don't know if you've read A Man's Search for Meaning, by Viktor Frankl, but all of these things, I was just going all in and trying to just get it done. I was like, I'm a bit of a fast person, so I'm like, look, if I've got to get through this, I need to go all in and get it done fast. Um, so I think I just put myself on an accelerated path of <laughs> of consciousness and understanding and then came out the other side with this completely different mindset. Um, and, I mean, yeah, life's, you know, never looked better because I That's think... Brilliant. And then you just have that awareness where you feel yourself slipping from it. Like last week when I was feeling you had these overwhelmed moments where I was thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, there's a lot going on here. And I've, and I've you know, I've taken a lot on to just kind of catching it and going, well, don't worry, Hannah, you know, it's going to be fine. You know, you know, just just up, you know, do a bit more praying, light a few extra candles, whatever it needs to be. Have that faith. And having that faith. And then the second you return to that faith and, and that and that, you know, coming back to love, you you're fine. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, 
think Gabby Bernstein's stuff is really fantastic. I think she's 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 well she's well regarded, but I think she should be like more more regarded. Like her stuff is so good. Um, and I, I'm also fortunate to know Jay Shetty. I don't know if you follow him, but he's a friend yeah. of my dad, and, and we used to work we worked together for a bit at Accenture. And so I'm fortunate to know him. And obviously, he's all about this this wisdom. And um, so I think I'm lucky, really, with the people that I follow and that I have in my life. My cousin has been my complete spiritual guide over the last five years. Who he's just he's just sent from wherever the greatness lives. <laughs> us, the most incredible person in the world. And then my direct family, my mum, my brothers, my dad and friends and stuff. I think I'm just I'm just ex- incredibly lucky. And that's what I focus on. That's how I you know, that's you know, I don't think life's hard, you know, because I've been through stuff. I think life's incredible. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've got a you've got a fantastic network there, actually. And obviously yeah. knowing your mum as well. She's, she's an amazing lady. I was also just thinking just then as well when you're talking. So I need to research Gabby Bernstein. But Eckhart Tolle is another one who talks about this the consciousness and stuff and uh, I kind of wish he had someone like yourself to narrate his books because I'm listening to the audiobooks and I'm finding oh it really goodness. really it's, difficult it's too relaxing you fall oh, asleep absolutely I'm driving and I'm like this yeah, is just a I hazard him when I'm driving <laughs> yeah he his voice is too relaxing I literally you have to be on the move on foot you have to like walk around the garden or something because otherwise yeah. you will not last because it's just <laughs> do you know um Eckhart Tolle actually if you watch him on YouTube he's yeah. actually like he's actually pretty funny and he's quite accessible if you watch him in like short sharp he does these kind of question answer sessions and things and you okay. can kind of get his knowledge in these sort of five minute chunks which is obviously much more accessible mm. you know his book's pretty pretty intense it's pretty incredible but if you just want to grab bits of him or just have a question sometimes if you type in the question you've got he's got there's a video of somebody else asking a similar question um and he's he's pretty funny and light which really surprised me after listening to his book i might check that out i suppose he's probably made that book maybe not for people who are just driving and maybe as a sort of he's kind of encyclopedia of finding the power now i suppose i think it's probably one that should be read rather than listened to to be honest i've got it on my i need to get it you know i need to get it out and get a highlighter and all of that kind of stuff yeah definitely book yeah i can imagine i'm sure it's full of like amazing gems that's brilliant um okay so you're in this place now where i'm very happy that you're in such a great place now not just spiritually um if you want to call it that and physically and just everything in terms of your business business and moving forward yeah have you got any fears now i mean what kind of scares you in this current moment um okay that is actually a really good question i'll tell you what um what scares me is the thought is finding like a partner like a boyfriend or falling in love okay that's interesting yeah which is a very answer I don't know if you expect me to go that honest but may as well yeah please do can I elaborate yeah so I think um I've just not been I guess I I wouldn't say you know unlucky because I you know as I said I believe that our path is our path so I think you know what's happened was meant to happen but I've not had great luck I guess if you I don't know what else to call it with with relationships over the last few years I don't think I'm very good at picking people that are right for me um I think I struggle to be really open and I guess it comes a lot of insecurity from when I was young um now things are now my life is very different in terms of um you know I don't go out drinking so you're less likely to meet people I live in a you know I live in a town where I love my town that I live in I don't want to live in London but that means that you know I'm less likely to meet people 
you know, in my kind of age group. Um, I don't, I don't enjoy apps. You know, I'm not, I don't have, I don't have any desire to spend more time using technology, but I work all, you know, I work on technology all day. I don't want to sit in front of the TV and swipe on my phone and talk to some random person and go who I don't even know if they're interesting or funny based on a photo and I need funny. So I guess, um, I've also told three boys that I love them and not had them say it back. So all three of my relationships have been, um, have been, you know, unrequited love. And, um, that's quite, you know, that's from 16 to 26. So that's actually, you know, that's tough. So I guess what my fear would be and something I know I need to do the work on is around around my relation, you know, my relationships and my attitudes to, to love, I guess, in terms of finding a, a partner to share my life with, you know, I want to, have that you know it's not that I you know it's not like I'm, I'm not one of those people like oh I love being single I I, yeah. I think people are, are better when they're together I look at my mum and dad who have the best relationship out of anyone I know and they bring out the best in each other and you know they get to enjoy their lives together and have a real partner so I guess that would be you know if you want my honest answer to that I, instead of a sort of a, a, a canned answer then that would be something which I guess is a fear Thank you for sharing that. It's actually a really interesting answer and probably one I wouldn't guess if I had a hundred guesses. I'm sure, obviously, as you know as well, it will happen when it's meant to happen. Absolutely. The reason I find it so interesting is having had such a horrible experience where you've almost got this incredible resilience where I suppose nothing's really going to necessarily scare you anymore because you've already been hurt. You've already been to the bottom. You've already been in a dark place to having that level of insecurity with that particular subject. I just find that interesting. And again, I think... I know, but I think that, I mean, if you look at the world, I mean, love in terms of, you know, love for another person, a partner, is a, you know, pretty big thing. I mean, you know, every song, every film, you know, most of it, pretty much most of life comes down to, you know, love of, of another person. And, you know, that's why, you know that's why we're on our planet find a partner and procreate i mean that's mm. how the, that's how the evolution survives so although it sounds you know minor in comparison to you know huge adversity and stuff i think it's probably at the same time one of life's biggest missions and at, at the same time can be challenges to get it right i mean you've got to get i'm not one who's going to set you know i'm not a settler so I've got to get it right. It's got to be, and especially, you know, my parents have an incredible relationship. So my, you know, my bar is set really high. Um, I, you know, I want real proper love that makes, that, that, that makes us both better, that, you know, that we, we have the same hopes and dreams. And I think, you know, I'm an extremely ambitious person. I'm, you know, I'm very self-aware. I know what I'm about. And I think potentially it's hard to find other people at that same level I don't know I don't know what the answer is I mean it's probably down to the fact that I may be not not open to it and it's, it's work that I I've got it on my my mental note of, of work to do on myself is to is to delve into it and and make sure that you know I'm not you know I'm not limiting myself in any way yeah absolutely I think at least you're recognizing that there is potentially some work there to absolutely. do I think that's really important but um yeah I mean your level of self-awareness is definitely not something that I suppose is common amongst common people should I say but yeah. life is, is definitely better um, and I say that as being happily married for four years in terms of if you can find the right person and obviously you'll never settle but please do not settle and however long that takes you can almost have everything and more Hannah we're actually going to go into the fun part of the show now so this is normally okay. where I've actually found most of it quite fun just so you know 
Sorry? I have actually found most of it quite fun. You're, thank you, thank you. You're a great you're a great interviewer. I'm really oh, like bless you. there have been great questions. So Thank you, thank yeah, you. Really shouldn't worry. I mean you're definitely skilled. I mean, I'm sure you're gonna be very successful with this podcast because I love you're very you've got the right level of empathy and mm. You're really. It sounds to me like you're you're really listening, which mm-hmm. actually sounds really obvious, but it's actually a really important skill that very few people have. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I think you should be really, you know, pleased with your with yourself. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Oh, you caught me off guard there a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, so quick fire round. This is basically sixty seconds where I'm going to ask you the most random questions. So whatever comes to your mind there's no right or wrong answer it's just a little bit of fun for the audience to get to know a little bit more about you are you ready okay yeah okay fantastic we're gonna start in three two one what did you eat for breakfast i don't eat breakfast i'm on intermittent fasting like okay (laughs) no problem if you could relive one day again which day would it be any day that's with my family i mean probably today i mean i love every day I love that. The ability to fly or be invisible. Fly. Who do you admire most in the world? My mum. Money or fame? Fame. Your favourite food? Peanut butter. Your proudest moment? Quitting alcohol. Would you rather speak all languages or be able to speak to animals? Animals, 100%. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Great. What song best describes your life? Life by Desiree. I love that song. Yeah, me too. It's so good. It's brilliant. If you had an extra hour a day, what would you spend it on? Just asking my parents questions. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Your favourite TV show ever? Friends. Would you rather know how you would die or when you would die? How? If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? Gary Vaynerchuk. I love Gary V. Yeah, me too. Your favourite place in the world? Farnham in Surrey. Read minds or predict the future? Read minds. And the last question, your favourite superhero? Um... Oh, that's hard. <laughs> oh, um, I love Groot. Groot, yeah, from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, he's a superhero, isn't he? Yeah, I, I suppose we can give you that one. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he's brilliant. He's got like the most easiest lines ever to remember in a film. I just think he's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I he's think brilliant. you can if you can communicate with three words only in mm, your life, then you absolutely. must be the best communicator in the world. So that would make his his <laughs> communication, which is basically my job and everything I love so yeah yeah absolutely yeah Groot's brilliant okay fantastic so we have just two more questions left for you Hannah Um, and the next one's about reflection so knowing exactly what you know now with all your knowledge and all everything that you've been through in life I want you to take yourself back and I want you to take yourself back to a young Hannah maybe where you struggled with adversity or something didn't quite go your way in life so knowing all this information now and going back to this young Hannah, what would you whisper in her ears? Such an interesting question because two weeks ago I did a whole inner child session with oh, my wow. cousin and I actually did exactly this. Um, so I went back to um, 10 year old Hannah, which I think was a Hannah who was um, really starting to know who she was in the world. But because it wasn't the same as what everybody else was, felt that she had to keep it down. Um, so, um, I was at, I didn't, it wasn't very cool to be smart and I was pretty smart. I, um, that I didn't care about things that other people cared about. So I, but I felt like I should. So what I would whisper to her was just, is just to, to back yourself, to know that you are a hundred percent right in feeling what you feel, because that is what you feel, which makes it right. And 
to to worry less to just be so excited about the journey ahead and to find a way no matter what it was to find inner love it took me until last year to to really love myself and I wish my 10 year old self could could find that because she was really great she just wasn't the same as everybody else and that made it hard um so yeah love yourself back yourself and be very excited for the future love yourself back yourself and be very excited for the future I think that's brilliant and I think even as kids probably maybe before the age of 10 we are kind of built that way in terms of we're just very confident and we kind of I suppose love ourselves and get excited by everything and then somewhere along life when um, whether it's teachers or the community yeah. around us we, we kind of tend to lose that element whether it's you fail at something or you don't necessarily do something that's the norm or you don't fit into a certain hole I suppose so um, it's well, interesting I, remember, I mean here's just an, a quick example but I am um, I hit puberty like earlier than a lot of friends so I sort of got that kind of curvier body and weighed more than my friends and I didn't know I didn't think oh I'm fat until um I randomly weighed myself and I think I weighed like seven stone and I think everyone weighed like my friends weighed five and that's when I thought oh I shouldn't weigh more that must be bad aka I must be fat so it wasn't that I'd actually looked in the mirror and gone oh I'm fatter than my friends I'd literally put a metric and then I decided to judge myself for the rest for the next 15 years based on that random metric from a pair of random scales I'd stood on in my mum's bathroom when I was like having a bath or something yeah and that's like a story which stayed with me. And I know it was when I was 10, because I can remember the moment that stayed with me until, I mean, I guess now, I mean, you know, everyone's constantly struggling with body, you know, body image in, in the, this day and age that we live in. So, and that's just some stupid story, which I picked up when I was young that, oh, I'm heavier. Oh dear, I should weigh less. Oh no, this means I'm not as good. I mean, what's that? What is that rubbish story? Absolutely. And um, that rubbish story, I'm sure everyone else has their own version of that rubbish story as well. It's weird, isn't it? Because I suppose we can look back at it now with our heightened level of thinking, I suppose, and self-awareness. But as a child, you were almost taking on this story and making it almost a truth that you're going to live with now for the next 15, 20 years, not realising the impact that can potentially have. Oh my God, it's shocking. It's shocking the stuff that you can pick up when you're you're young. I mean, when I have children, I'm going to read like every parenting book and go on every parent. <laughs> I'm going to travel the world studying parenting. Not that my parents weren't amazing, but I mean, in terms of things I picked up in school and stuff so that I can, I don't know, just so I can understand it more because I have no idea really how much we're shaped when we're young. I mean, my parents are fantastic. I'm not at all saying it was them, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, there's random things that you have no idea that can have an impact for the, you know, the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. No, I, I 100% agree. Again, my parents are absolutely fantastic. I wouldn't change them for the world. But I think this is maybe why uh, we both like Gary Vee because some of his stuff that he talks about in terms of um, when, when he talks about parenting and stuff and just the cold heart truth in terms of you as a person just finding your way and not worrying about the opinion even of your parents, for example. Yeah. And he, he has quite a few lessons in the way he talks and I'm I always nod to my wife I'm like this is fantastic I need to listen to Gary V like when the time comes for us to have a family for example and similar to yourself again and another common trait is I always think I just want to immerse myself into becoming this ultimate parent where it's never going to happen I mean we all make mistakes but I just want to be mindful of those simple words and the simple sentences yeah. and my my behavior can literally 
change my my child's life because I believe there's a level of my anxiety came when I was a child um, and yeah. not to make this episode about me but I know kind of when it came and I really went into myself and I don't ever want my children to ever struggle yeah. with that I so think, yeah yeah I mean I think my parents were pretty super parents in mm. terms of like they they had they've got most of it down I think for me what it was 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 would be knowing I think it's about when something happens at because a lot of the stuff happens at school doesn't it when we're young that's where we we pick up a lot of our stuff I think in terms of our baggage that we take through our lives so I guess for me it's understanding more about kids other kids rather than knowing how to parent and understanding if my kid comes in this mood well what might have happened on that day um and um, I don't know. I don't really know what it, I don't know if there's really anything a parent can do to protect a kid from things they hear in school, but, um, things like body issues. And I, and I was, I've always been a kind of natural leader, which is, a, is the way that I would explain myself now as a natural leader. But obviously like, like a lot of strong girls, you know, you're, you're told you're bossy and too intense and stuff for a large proportion of your life. Uh, now I see it as, you know, I'm just a natural leader, which is super cool. Cause I've changed the story in my head, but for a long time, I felt bad for being, for always, for being like, look, I know instead of, you know, letting everyone run around in chaos for putting a bit of order in there. But now, you know, now I see that as a positive. But back then I thought, oh God, I'm such a bossy, whatever. Again, brilliant answer. And I think uh, people are listening to this. I just want to take one of your sentences is you change the story in your head. And mm. however we tell ourselves this story, we can literally switch it. And this is what I want this podcast to be about in terms of just switching the circumstances or the situations that you've been through in life to favor you because at the end of the day the situation is the situation however how we react to it that's going to then determine yeah. how we live our life and I just think um, you're a shining example of using your it adversity takes and pain lots of practice though I would say that because I know that people people say that you know oh you know it's up to you how you react but that mm. used to annoy me when people said that to me because I was like oh shut up like let me just but my, you know, it's just shut up. It takes a lot of practice and you just have to basically, for me, what it was, was I heard that enough times that I eventually started believing it. So if you don't feel it now that you don't feel that you can choose to react to situations in a positive way or however you want to react to them, if you don't believe that's possible now, just have the faith that one day you will believe it's possible and you will naturally do it. Because um, when it's right, it will happen. Do you know what I mean? Don't put the pressure on yourself because I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves going, oh, I should be seeing this in a positive way. Oh my God, I'm rubbish at this. Oh my God, I'm terrible at being positive. Why am I so bad at everything? And you get in this spiral because it doesn't come naturally. Whereas have the faith that when it's ready, when you're ready to react to situations in a different way, that's when it will, that's when you will. Do you see what I mean? That's a brilliant way of putting it actually because I'm guilty of doing that myself because we read so many books and I'm always working on personal development. If I don't do something how I know I should potentially do it, I end up beating myself up about it. And I think it's, again, yeah, going back to that faith element that one day it will click. And absolutely. I get those moments. And also, you know, we're, we're imperfect. That's what makes us mm. so amazing. If we we're perfect, we'd be robots. And nobody wants robot humans yet. Although they think we're going to be able to marry them in 2030. That might be my option. Um, <laughs> But I think, yeah, I think it's just, it's knowing that, you know, you're never going to react to every situation properly. You're always going to sometimes not be your best self. That's what makes us our best selves is by accepting those those times that we're not. Um, 
but when it comes to personal development and all of these constant improvements that we know we can make on ourselves I think making the problem is is that there's so much knowledge and content and things online that we can apply to ourselves it's actually becomes overwhelming that you end up not doing anything because you don't know where to start so I just think look when somebody gives me a piece of advice or I read something I know I should implement I go well that looks nice when the time's right I'll do that and then naturally because I've got that faith it does happen but I think what we don't want to do is 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 cause more overwhelm we literally the amount of stuff that is there in the world for us to look at every day and the amount of choices we have to make is just too much that I think just back off from the whole thing and go it will happen when it happens I will learn these lessons when I need to learn them um you know take it in you know and 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 one day you know it goes into your memory naturally once it's gone into your once you've seen it or read it and then wait for it to come back up and 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 that's fine but don't put yourself under pressure to start doing these things straight away just because you read somewhere that somebody did it and it worked for them do you know what I mean absolutely I think that's a fantastic message because overwhelm definitely as you said it causes a, a kind of analysis paralysis oh and it's with everyone I mean I am helping people in their 60s in business all the way down to supporting my third year old cousin with his revision because mm-hmm. I live with him at the moment and I'm helping him with his revision and honestly the main thing which is coming out of everybody is overwhelm whether they're 60 or 13 and we have got to do something about the way that we are living in this state of overwhelm because it's not it's not we can always do more and be more we always know that we can but actually who we are right now is probably a darn sight of an improvement of where we are we were last year so why don't we why don't we celebrate that rather than, rather than going oh god i need to be doing that and why am i not doing that and i need to do this we need to break things down and have the faith that the right you know the right thing happens when it happens and we can only do what we can do in that present moment and as long as we are always honoring you know, honouring ourselves and and making consciously good decisions, Mm -hmm. well, then what more could we possibly do? Do you know what I mean? It's just there's too much, there's too much pressure and and, and overwhelm. You know, it's like gone mad. And I can't bear (laughs) it my 13-year-old cousin. Mm. I'm like, I want to just, you know, take it all away from him and go, look, it's all fine. Like with his revision, we've broken it into these really bite-sized chunks. It's completely changed his whole attitude to revision because he's like suddenly gone from overwhelm to clarity. And clarity is one of the most important things we can get in our lives because clarity enables so much. Um, So, yeah. No, I love that answer. And more importantly, uh, good luck to your 13-year-old cousin as well for his exams. Yeah. I remember what it was like, yeah. We've got some, I'm doing some revision days for some of his friends over the next few weeks. We're going, I can't, can't bear seeing them all stressed. So I've oh, I emailed all the moms and said, look, give them to me for a day. I'm going to sort it out. Bless him. I'm sure he'll be fine. <laughs> Hannah, that sadly actually brings us to the last question. And um, the last question that I always like to ask my guests is uh, basically if in 150 years time, science fails to save us all and all that exists is a book. And this book is about your life and in it it's got all the weird and wonderful things that you've accomplished all of the dreams and aspirations that you've you've done and achieved what would firstly the title of the book say and secondly what would the blurb at the back tell us about Hannah Power oh my goodness I wish I prepared um (laughs) the title of the book would be god that is hard it would be something like uh, enjoying enjoy the journey it would be something about yeah something like that and the back of the book it would say um I guess 
embracing adversity is the biggest gift that, that you can that you can give yourself and finding your faith is crucial to your success and finding confidence in your inner self and everything that makes you totally unique that and these are all the things which enable you to then enjoy your journey your short period of time on earth and I would like to be seen as somebody who helped others to do that it's a good question I should have really thought about that beforehand really good question I love it I think that's certainly a book that I'd definitely pick up and I think you certainly will help so many people and um, just on that could you please tell us where our uh, listeners and audience can get through to you on your either Instagram, Facebook or wherever you're available. Yeah. Sure. So, um, yeah, the easiest way is probably to go to my website, hannahpower.co.uk. Um, okay. So you can, yeah, that's that's where you can contact me through there. If you want to send me an email, it's hannah at hannahpower.co.uk or Instagram is probably my favourite platform, hannahipower. Um, and if you're interested in joining, I've got a Facebook group to support people who want to, you know, build their brands, have an impact, create a life of fulfillment. Um, that's called powerful branding, that Facebook group. So you can search for that. So I guess it all depends on what what people, you know, what they want. If they just want a bit of inspiration, Instagram, if they want some help, Facebook group. Um, but it's all kind of culminates on my website, hannahpower.co.uk. That's fantastic. Thank you. I'll make sure I put all of that into the show notes so people can contact you i want to take this moment once again to thank you hannah for your time and sharing your story and i want to also thank all the listeners at home thanks for listening awesome that was fantastic thank you so much and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day